Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Sunday Sermon. For more information about Highest Praise Church, upcoming events, and other helpful resources, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. Grab your Bible, if you will, to Matthew chapter number 25. we got some work to do. Well, we start a new, a new series this morning. It's called Preparation. And I want us to be prepared. I want us to be ready. We just sung a song about being ready, about getting ready. And so I want to make sure that we are not only ready, but we're getting ready. Webster, I looked up Webster. I like, I like Webster. Webster was a, was a spiritual man, believe it or not. And so a lot of times I just like to see what Webster had to say about a word. Webster says that the word preparation is, it means a state of being prepared. So if you're in preparation, you're, you're in the process or the state of being prepared. So that's why we need to always be in preparation. There should always be a state of being prepared. And so um, he also said that it's the action or process of making something ready. Well, how many loves to be how, how, how many love to be ready? Whatever it is that God has for us, no matter what's coming around the corner. Well, preparation means that it's an action, it's a process of making something ready for the use of service or getting ready for some occasion, some test, or some duty. I don't know about you, but we have to know as a church that we're getting ready. We just got through singing about an occasion. We're getting ready for Jesus to come back. All right, well, okay. So you just fell right into my topic. He's coming back whether you're ready or not. You ever play hide and seek? Ready or not, here I come. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them was wise, and five of them was foolish. Which one are you? Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took all, the wise ones took all their vessels with their lamps. Boy, they, they love the things of God. They love the Holy Spirit of God. Boy, you start talking about oil and vessels, you start talking about the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Anyway, verse 5, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and they all slept. But at midnight, there was a cry heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go to meet him. How many knows we're getting ready to hear that sound here pretty soon? Getting ready to be a shout. Then all those versions, every one of them arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, hey, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, no, least there not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell it and buy for yourselves. In other words, I've been prepared and you're not. Let me tell you one thing you can't give other people, that's your faith. You can't give them your belief system. You can't, you can't give them what it is that you've gone through and, and what it is you had to, your consistency and your commitment. You just can't give that away. you got to get your own. And so even if they wanted to, they couldn't give it to them. 
And verse 10 says, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready, everybody say, who were ready. All those who were ready went in and with him, went in with him to the groom, to the wedding, and then the door was shut. Afterwards, the other versions came also. Afterwards, that's the key word, after the door was shut. Came crying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, as surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, then here's the warning, watch. That means be alert. It means be prepared. Therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man shall come. God's going to add his blessings upon this word today. This is a story of truth. It's a parable. It means it's an earthly story, but it has a heavenly meaning, as all parables are. This is a story that relates to the Jewish wedding custom. And you have to understand the Jewish wedding custom because if you understand that, you'll know where we are in the prophetic time clock or where we are in Jewish prophecy, if you will, or how it relates to the Jewish people and how God looks at things. The groom would find or pick himself a bride. And the groom then would go, it would be a prearranged marriage, if you will. They would then go to the father. The groom would go to the father and says, I like your girl. I want to marry her. And she was in turn like him. Well, I like him. I want to marry him. And so the groom then would have a ceremony with the bride. It would be called a betrothal ceremony. It's a ceremony of engagement. We all understand engagements. And so it's a ceremony of engagements, which means that they're now engaged. They're together, but they're not living together. They're apart. So the groom would then go to the father, and he would give him a dowry, which is a down payment. He would give them a price. He would give him a money. He would say, what would it cost? For me to have this daughter and the father would tell him he says i'll pay that price let me stop here and tell the church where we are on the prophetic timetable we're in the betrothal period where we as the church the body of christ we are betrothed to jesus he has chosen us and we have chosen him and it's not without a dowry it's not without a down payment it's not without a price. Jesus says, hey, what's the price for them to become my wife? He says, it's steep. He says, no matter what it is, I'll pay it. He says, it's your life. I'll lay it down. Jesus is the price paid for us, and he has paid the price. And so now, prophetically, we are engaged to him. Once he makes that payment, he goes back to his wife-to-be. Wife See, it's, we just come out of Christmas. It's the same situation that Mary and Joseph was in. It wasn't, was it, 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 it wasn't the immaculate conception that blew everybody's mind. It's the fact that she can't be pregnant even though they're, in, they're, they're together. They're, they're betrothed. They were engaged. They're not married yet. So Mary and Joseph was betrothed. They were engaged. That's where we are right now. We are betrothed. 
to Jesus. We are engaged. So he goes to the, to the bride. This guy goes to the bride and says, I paid the price for you. You belong to me, and I belong to you. I'm going to go now and prepare a place for us. But I'm coming back. So be ready. Because when I come back, we're going to consummate this thing. We're going to have a wedding. And then we're going to have a celebration. Right now, we're together, but we're apart. But it's coming today where we're not going to be apart anymore. So the words up here, the marriage supper of the Lamb. When we say words, I want to take a few minutes and go over these. The marriage supper of the Lamb, as you'll hear words like this, for the next at least eight weeks, we're going to be doing this series, Preparation, an end time series. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things. Today I want to talk about this marriage supper of the Lamb, briefly as it relates to the story. But I want to just assume everybody here in the sound of my voice, because you don't understand when you say the marriage supper of the Lamb, or the wedding feast. What do, these, what do these girls miss? They miss the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is coming. They, they, they miss the, the wedding feast. They, they, they miss the wedding reception. So these two words really, in today's terms, just means the wedding reception. Come on, all men who have married daughters know what the wedding reception is. It's that thing that really sucked all the money out of your account. <laughs> it's the wedding reception. It's the celebration after the wedding, there's coming a wedding. There's coming a, he's coming. It's called the rapture of the church. It's where the groom is coming for his bride, the church. And we're going to be taken away. And when we get to heaven, because now we're no longer apart, we're together. There's going to be the great wedding feast or the great marriage supper of the Lamb or the great wedding reception to celebrate the coming together, the marriage between Jesus and his church, us and him. But right now we're in engagement. So we have to understand if we're in engagement, you're engaged to him. If you're a Christian, that means he belongs to you and you belong to him. So don't cheat on him. Whole problem most of the church, we don't understand this process, don't understand where we are prophetically. Oh, we want to, but we don't want to. Because once we realize, then we can't have any other lover but him. He's our only lover. We can't be intrigued with anything else but him. We can't love the world more than we love him. We can't love ourselves more than we love him. We can't love the opinions of other people more than we love him. We can't love anything else because we are engaged. We are betrothed. We're him. And we're waiting for him to come and get us. Well, in this story here, these girls are waiting. The engagement ceremony has come, and they're now all waiting. The groom is now with his groomsmen, if you will, and they don't know the time, but they know to expect him to come and get them. Now, the wedding party who was with the girls, they were to be ready also. They've been with her through this whole thing, and they don't want to miss this wedding reception. I mean, come on, you go to the wedding, but you really go for the reception. What are they eating? You know, what's going on? Anyway, the celebration. So they go to that. And so when they go, so they're all there, and the Bible says that the bridegroom come. We have to understand the days in which this parable was written. There wasn't, there wasn't street lights. 
wasn't lamps. There wasn't even there wasn't even 7-Elevens or Scotchmans or or, or 24-hour Walmart. So there's a lot of things going in play here that we just assume was in play today. So whenever they heard that the bridegroom was coming, they the girl's job was the the bridesmaid girl was to take their lamps and they were to run out to where the bride was and shine the light there to where the bride is, so they would know where their houses were. The problem was is that five was wise or five was prepared and the other five weren't. And so the five who weren't went to the five that were and told them, says, give us some of your oil because my light has gone out and the bridegroom is coming and he won't see us. They said, well, you got to go get your own because I'm prepared and you're not. And they know that that they can't go with him if they're not prepared. So they take off and they run to get more oil. And the Bible says that while they were gone, while they were gone to get prepared, when they came back, the bride is gone. And the Bible says that the ones who went with the bride was wise. And the one who was left was foolish. Why was one wise and one was foolish? It's not because one was expecting and the other won't. Because both of them were expecting. Oh, this is going to be good. I said they both were expecting. The church of 2021 is not a church that's not expecting something to happen. To be honest with you, whether you want to deal with it or not, and we don't like the most subject of eschatology because we just don't want to do that. We want what something's going to please us and make us feel good in the life in which we're living. But when it all gets down to it, we're all expecting. The wise was expecting and the foolish was expecting. But only the So what made one wise and what made one foolish? Both was expecting. One of them was prepared and the other one was not. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be expecting something that I'm not prepared for. Winston Church here. Now, there's a leader. What kind of mess we're dealing with today, but that was a leader. He says, I actually wrote it down. I know what he says, but I want to read it. Here's... Here's, here, here's what Churchill said. Let our advanced worrying become advanced thinking and advanced planning. There's your leader. What you're advanced worrying about, don't waste time worrying about it. Turn that advanced worrying about what you can't control into advanced thinking and advanced planning. That's called Preparation. These girls was not prepared. And they came back and the bride and the groom was gone and they've missed it. Smith Wisworth says it's easier, it's better to live prepared than to get prepared. I want my church to live prepared. Not have to worry about getting prepared so when we see these foolish girls they come up and they're, they're, everybody was waiting for 
for the bridegroom to come, I think that's a picture of the church. Everybody is expecting, but not everybody is preparing. My assignment today is to make sure that we are prepared. This series is about being prepared. Preparation. Preparation is the key ingredient to anything that you do that you're going to succeed in. If you don't have preparation, you will not succeed in any avenue that you take. It's the key. It's preparation. You've got to be prepared. Athletes prepare. I mean, we watch, them, we watch our favorite players and our favorite teams, and we just, we just think they got up that morning and put on them jerseys, and they just went out and started playing ball. But I learned in, it with Jordan whenever he was playing high school football. I played high school football, but we played because the season, the, the, the practices started in August. Our game started at the end of August. We played in, in September and October, and then in November, basically pretty much by the time we got to December, it was over. We put our pads up, and everything was done, and then we had Christmas come back the first year if you played basketball you did that if you played baseball you started that about february you go through that and then come august the first year again he was playing football when he left the high school to go to college as soon as they this, the season was over with for them like the first week in december they gave him a couple weeks off for christmas on january they come back to school in the first of january they're right back out there at five o'clock in the morning running lifting doing all kinds of things before the the classes start what were they doing preparing Preparing what? For the game. When's the game? September. But in January, they're preparing for something they're expecting. Athletes run. They live. They get themselves ready. Baseball players, basketball players, no matter what they're doing, you're preparing because you expect. Everybody's expecting, but not everybody is preparing. And the ones that are preparing are the ones that's going to succeed. These musicians up here, they didn't show up this morning and say, well, hey, Miss Amy, hey, CJ, hey, everybody, what y'all want to play? I don't know. I was thinking about this one. Well, how's it go? Let me show you. No, man, they've been preparing. We have meetings. We have practices. We have everything. You wouldn't believe what goes through just to sing the songs in which we sung this morning because we were expecting something to happen and we had to be prepared for what we were expecting. Business people, supervisors, managers, people under the sound of my voice. The difference between you and your, and your worker that you're supervising, you're managing, is that you have to live prepared you can't you don't have the luxury anymore just to show up and see what kind of day is going to be you got to make sure that you are prepared for the day because you got workers coming in you got to prepare if this happens or if that happens you got to hope for the best and expect the worst because you are a good manager you are a good supervisor and you are prepared well i was just thinking through all that preparedness and we have no problem, you even gave me some claps through some of them, that yeah, I get that. Well, we're talking about what something that is more important than whether or not a ball player could put a ball through a hoop, whether or not a guitar player could play the notes, and whether or not a successful business person is going to be successful at their job. We're talking about people going to either heaven or people going through hell. There's people who expect 
or believe in a place called heaven and believe in a place called hell and even heard enough about the rapture that they're expecting it but the problem is is we're not preparing for it and the Bible to what I just told you this morning and read to you that if you're not prepared you're gonna miss it and so we want to be prepared because it is so important to be prepared being prepared is the most important attribute that we can have in order to make sure we're in the right place and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. You have to be prepared not only for what's coming ahead, but we got to be prepared for where we are right now. Could it be, I'm just going to ask the question now, could it be that this world is a little more unstable than we even thought it was. Hmm? Now let me just let me just, let me just pose a question. Do you feel more do you do you feel more comfortable with things around you today than you did last week this time? Hmm? Do you feel like that 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 the situation or or you can I believe everything is more unpredictable now than ever before. I've been preaching this stuff on this subject for 30 years. Boy, 30 years ago, you get in the pulpit, you just get up there and you just tell people, hey, Jesus is coming, get ready. I mean, the rapture, I mean, and, and tell them, trying to get ready. I'm, I'm preaching in a, in, a, in a time span right now that I'm not saying get ready, it's coming. I'm saying you better be ready right now. We used to preach things are going to get crazy. I'm here to tell you things are crazy. Things are unsettled. Things are unpredictable. And maybe even more unpredictable than we even know. But I got good news for you. God is still on the throne. Revelation, all through the book of Revelation, there's one word that is synonymous in about every chapter that we read. And that word that keeps popping up is the throne. Is the throne. Is the throne. Is the throne. The book of Revelation takes us from where we are to where we're going and how everything's going to end up from the revelation of Jesus Christ to the Apostle John. And all through that, the, the twine that, that pulls it all together from, verse, from the first chapter to the last chapter is the throne. Why is that? Because God want to remind the people and remind us that regardless of what's going on, regardless how unsettled the world gets, regardless how unpredictable the world gets, there's only one throne and there's only one person sitting on it and his name is Jehovah God and he is in complete control. So I got good news for us today that the world cannot give us, or let me ask, do it in a question, let me, let me present it this way. The reason why the world cannot give you lasting peace the reason why the election don't give anybody a lasting peace, whether your fellow one or not, the reason why nothing is giving you lasting peace and the world can't do it and men can't do it is because men in the world is not in charge. 
There's not a man walking around this planet. I don't care who he thinks he is and how many people around him. Thank God for his position. Thank God for his office. And we're going to pray for whoever's in that office. And we're going to believe for the hand of God to be upon them. And they're going to succeed. But I want us to know today, that is not a throne. That's an office. There's one throne. And God sits upon that throne. And God is in complete control. And God is in complete charge. And so it reminds us all through there that God is in complete charge. Let me throw this in too. The kingdoms of men will cease. But the kingdom of God will never cease. He's always been in charge. He's always been in control. And he will always be in charge. And he will always be in control. Amen? See, we... we you know, we just we just think, you know, looking, you know, looking at this week. I mean, we seeing people. We we seen it all year. We seen people storm the streets and and loot and burn down buildings and and business owner uh, shops and and then you know now we're seeing them you know breaching the Capitol walls and going into our Capitol building and all these things detest me. It makes me angry. It 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 bothers me. And then people want to know well, what's God going to do? How why why don't He stop all this madness? Why don't He? St- Step down, and he, if he's in a complete authority, and he's in complete control, why don't he do something about it? i got an answer for you. He will. He has a plan. He is prepared. He's not getting prepared. He's being prepared. But let me tell you something about people in authority. Let me tell you about people who sit He sits on the throne. He sits in a place of authority. They will not be dictated regardless of what people say and what people do. Anybody can be a wishy-washy worm and just kind of goes and flows however the winds that, uh, that takes them. That's the difference between people that are ready and people. It's not doing what I do. It's not whether or not you can preach. Man, I'm not even the best preacher in this house. It's not whether or not you can preach. It's not whether or not you want to try to fill up seats. It's whether or not when all hell starts breaking loose, when things starts getting unpredictable, when things starts getting unsettled, can you still take your office opposition and stare there and say, I don't like it, but I'm prepared because I'm a prepared person. I got a new t-shirt for us, t-shirt people. Simply says this, as for me. I mean, I didn't like invent it. I just like it. I mean, we know where it comes from. I wrote my notes that being prepared means you're constantly walking regardless of what she's doing, regardless of what he's doing, regardless of what's happening over there, regardless of what CNN says, regardless of what Fox says, regardless of what the Republican says, regardless of what re- the Democrat says, as for me. You walk in your house, regardless of how your teenager's acting, regardless of how your spouse is acting, regardless of how your bank account's acting, regardless of what's going around with you, you have to already be prepared that regardless of what the situation is, as for me, I'm going to stay the course. That's what preparation is. 
Preparation is not getting ready because something glorious and we're all going to go to heaven and God's going to come and the, the trumpet's going to toot and we're all going to scoot and it's all going to be great. You've got to be ready and prepared when things get unpredictable. Things are unpredictable right now. I don't boast a whole lot. I'm a pretty humble person, I think. But I will say this. I believe I'm the most qualified person in this room to know where we are prophetically and what might be going on. I don't have a clue. <laughs> Tell me that water. So if I don't know, <laughs> so let me just deal with some stuff. So is there conspiracies going on out there? You better believe it. Why does that shock us? People have been lying, cheating, and still since creation of man. You start putting some power behind it, oh, they will take you out. Ask some of my nursery workers. Ask my head, my children's pastor here. They don't start when they're 28. Man, we got two-year-olds, man. They're conniving on how they're going to get G.I. Joe from Jimmy over there. We ain't got G.I. Joes anymore, dude. That's what's wrong with the world right now. Don't play with G.I. Joes. That was a man. Man, they're kin and that crowd messed everything up. But anyway, we'll deal with that later. Conspiracies. Conspiracies, I'm telling you, it's all conspiracy. Before I do that, regardless of what man does, I'm fixing to roll some heads. I can handle it. Man allows and puts in power whom he chooses. We can't rip that out of the Bible just because your God didn't win. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Sometimes we can follow him like reading a nursery rhyme. And sometimes it might as well be pig Latin. But we have to trust. God will not be dictated. Regardless of how bad the devil gets. And we ain't seen nothing yet as far as what the devil can do. We won't, I'll teach you these next week. We won't be here for most of it. Hallelujah. Now, those of you who think you are, you're going in the last bus, I'm out of here on the first one that's coming by. Y'all hang around and do whatever the heck it is y'all want to do. Take the mark of the beast and hide under a rock and drink buttermilk, whatever you can find. Man, I'm going to be up in heaven. <laughs> we'll deal with that later conspiracies 
I shared the first service. Do you y'all didn't pay attention in U.S. history? That's about the only thing I, I knew how to listen to. Do you know Thomas Jefferson? Thomas Jefferson, when he was running for president, yeah, he wasn't the second. He wasn't the first. Remember the first one? Say he was the third. You know that they wanted they they thought it was conspiracy because you know old Tom he was a little out there, smart dude. Names on decoration, did a lot for us. But the dude, dude was out there a little bit compared to, I mean, you ever, you ever seen the Jefferson Bible? I've been to archives of the Jefferson Bible. The dude was a, he, he called himself a Christian. He believed in God, but he couldn't handle the New Testament. He couldn't handle the miracles. He could believe, he said, I'll go to the point that there is a God and he's, you know, he's in heaven, he's controlling everything. But he started reading the Gospels, how Jesus healed the sick and the lame walk and the dumb to talk and he raised the dead. He, the, the Jefferson Bible does not have the miracles of Jesus in it. It's got Jesus, just not his miracles. Don't you just love this church, man? You learn all kinds of stuff, don't you? It's called the Jefferson Bible. So this dude's running for president. And so they thought he was going to usher in, check this out, in the 1780s, a one world order. Without Facebook and Twitter, he's going to do a one world order. President number three. We're on like 40-something now. It's been going on forever. And it will always last. Will, as long as it's men after power, men after men. So quit losing your peace and losing your joy and, and running crazy because things are going unsettled. That's what people without, without God do. They live a life that is unsettled. We are the body of Christ. We are the one who serves the Lamb who sits upon the throne. We are the one that walks up in a pulpit on an unsettled Sunday morning and say God is still on the throne. We have been prepared. We are ready to do whatever we're supposed to do. Do you have to like it? No. Do you? Not a bit. But guess what? That's what living a prepared life is all about. My best accomplishments is not when this room is packed full of people and people are shouting and worshiping God and everything, patting me on the back and patting our staff on the back and they oh, so glad we're part of this ministry. No, my greatest accomplishment is when all hell's coming loose and we don't know why people's acting the way they're acting and why people are talking about what they're talking about. They got their minds on everything but God, but you still got to walk through those doors, pick up a microphone in one hand and a Bible in another and say, I just want to let everybody know that everything is going to be all right. So we live a prepared life. We're prepared. Everybody this morning is expecting something and preparing for the unknown. But as Christians, we are prepared for the settled and the unsettled. We're praying for the settled. And they're predictable. But if we don't get that, we're still prepared. Hmm? So real quick, I know I gotta go. But so how this is gonna be easy. Don't let the simplicity one get me to tell you completely 
throw you off. And we're going to get into some good, deeper stuff. I literally think I was telling the first of I think I never wrote this stuff out. And I don't know. It just happened. I think like on February 14th, which is Valentine's Day, which is actually on a Sunday, man, just in case you're wondering. I, as of right now, things happen. I'm going to be on Gog and Magog. I mean, no agape or filio, nothing like that. I mean, God, I mean, I mean, only talking about a 200 million man army that's marching down from north of Jerusalem to annihilate them. Without a shot being fired, a hand of God would come down and completely annihilate a 200 million man army. I wonder who they are and how it's going to happen. It's in the Bible. It's coming. And we have to be prepared. So how are we prepared, Christian? Well, number one, you got to live a life prepared. How do we live a life? I can't sit here and tell you, prepare, get prepared, get prepared. This one's prepared. Everybody was expecting. Everybody's expecting something. But who's prepared? Who's preparing? You prepare by every single day, waking up and talking to God. That's what prayer is. God, and here you go. I need, I'm, I'm talking to you today. You prepare every day by worshiping Him. Not just on Sunday. Y'all listen to me? Y'all listen to me? Everybody? See, remember only number one with that. Because preparation, being prepared, is being a good steward. So I can't just run around here. There's gonna be some, that's coming. I gotta talk to my people today. Being prepared is being a good steward. We all want to be a good steward. What's, what's, being, what's, what's being a good steward? What's the, what's the definition then of being a good steward? Utilizing the resources that you have. Utilizing it. Whatever You can't control what God has given you, but what God has given you, you can control what you do with what God has given you. It's been a good steward. My job, be honest with you, is not how to best be the best and do the best and all this kind of stuff. My job is to utilize the resources which God has placed in my hand. And I do it. If he gives me singers, bless God, they're going to sing. Musician, I'm trying to figure out how to get you to play. Chairs, I've got to be right. God's given me resources of lights. We've got to use them. God's given me resources of a, of a big old LED board. We, we're using it. Cameras. Cameras. Everywhere he's giving, you know, as a good steward, you know what I do? I have to utilize the resources in which God has given me. What does that mean? I'm being a good steward of what he has given me to try to get the max out of it. And when I'm being, when, and whenever I'm being a good steward of what God has blessed me with, he'll bless me with something else. He's not going to give it to me because he should. He's going to give it to me because I was a good steward with what? The resources which he has given me. I don't complain about the resources I don't have. I work with the resources I do have so I can obtain the resources that I don't have. And I do that, watch this, through preparation. Making sure, like a well-oiled machine, everything I'm in one place today. I got one job to do what I'm doing right now. But I know as a leader in this house, everything that's going on, now's it going. 
in between services. Brother Holly, just be praying for Brother Holly. He come out this door, went down this, the breezeway there, and passed out. That doesn't happen. Do we want it to happen? Are we glad it happened? No. Were we prepared for it to happen? Yes. We're being good stewards of what God's given us. So we want to be good stewards. So what is it that we have? Understand this about these two girls, or these ten girls. They all started from the same place. So don't start coming to me. Why can't we repair? I started way back behind everybody else. And you know, I'm black, I'm white, I'm green, I'm purple. I'm all these different colors and everything else, man. I've been, I've been on drugs. I've been a prostitute. I've been a homosexual. I've been, I've got to, I understand. Well, all God's, all, 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 all have sinned and fell short of glory of God. Just because yours is that color, mine's this color. We all got junk. We all got stuff. We all start at the same place. All ten of these girls started at the same place. Watch this. But they all also had the same resource to pull from. Regardless you live in a life of prostitution. Regardless you live in a life of homosexuality. Regardless you live in a life of drug addiction. Regardless you were brought up in the pastor's home. It doesn't matter. We all have the same resource. You can call upon the name of the Lord at any time. Five of them did it, and five of them didn't. Are you with me? That's why five was wise and five was foolish. Five was prepared and five wasn't. Now I'll get back to number one again. So how we stay prepared as Christians? Because we, we, we don't want to get left behind. We want to be ready. Not just for the rapture, which is the most important article of this entire teaching. I mean, we're not talking about they missed the bus to school. They missed a trip to eternal life. Y'all listen to me? Every day we pray. If you ain't got time to lay your face before God, just pray. Talk to him. Talk to him. In your car, in the shower, making bread, whatever you're doing, talk to him. At work, talk to him. But to worship him. I told you God sits on the throne. Worship brings you to the place where God is. If you don't like where you are during the day, you're around a bunch of people, they're driving you crazy, and you're driving them crazy, and all that. man, just start worshiping. Just, just worship where you are. That takes you to the place where God is. You can't go to where God is without worship because worship tells you you can't do it, but He can. That's true worship. Worship is not just singing a song. Worship is saying, I surrender, I can't do this, I give it to you. You can do that. You can do that walking down the hall. Oh God, I just love you, man. I thank you, Lord. I just worship you. Hey, how you doing? What can I help you with today? I mean, why don't you job? You acknowledging, God, just take me. This world is too unpredictable. It's too unsettled. God, take me into His kingdom. Amen. Number two, do this. Make sure you're confessing, and what you're confessing, you're repenting from. We go through entire we go through entire day. We go weeks. We go months without confessing. God, I'm a sinner. I saw some stuff I shouldn't have saw. I heard some stuff I shouldn't have heard. I said some stuff I shouldn't have said. I, I went through all this kind of stuff. God, I confess. Doesn't mean you're heading to hell because you repent. God, 
I repent. I confess and I repent, God. Just help me, Lord. He will. We're living a life that's prepared. Number three. Make sure. Make sure you're, you're testifying. You're, you're, you're making disciples. Oh, I've seen some folks around me, Pastor, you don't know the people I work for. They're not the discipleship kind. They're just not going to do it. That's just not, I mean, have you seen Eloise? No, that chick is not, she's just not church type. She's not Bible type. That's why it says make. 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 It didn't say discover them. It didn't say find them. It says make them. Make them. How do you make them? How do you make them? He makes one do something. Just, just fine. Oh, this one. I, I tell you what, start, start with this. Invite them to church. Want to know why? Because number four is this. How you live a repair life is you encourage one another. Everybody. We're supposed to be encouraging everybody. What's wrong with the world today? We got sides. We've always had sides as, Amer as America. We're opponents, what we do. But man, we forgot that we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to support one another. We're supposed to, supposed to encourage one another. We're supposed to love one another. America, let me throw this up here. Well, what's going to happen in America? Because I've heard about China. I've heard about Russia. I've heard about Jerusalem. And we've got the European Union and all this stuff. Where's America? America's done proven this last couple of weeks that we're not prepared for Jesus coming back because we don't love one another. We're all right. We're not prepared. So write, write this down in your prophetic workbook. So what's going to happen to America? I don't think she's going to make it. Want to know why? She ain't going to make it through the rapture. It's going to collapse under its own envy. Unless we get prepared. And that's why, that's why the church is still here. We were here to prepare. We're like John the Baptist. We're here to prepare the way of the Lord. We're here to make straight the ways, the crooked ways. We're here to go after the souls and go after the worst and go after the broke, go after the disheartened. Do what we got to do, man. We're supposed to be a church that is prepared. And my job is to make sure we're prepared. Amen. And boy, if you can just do those things, you'll live a prepared life. How many can do it? Raise your hand. How many can do it, class? How many can do it? How many wants to do it? How many, I didn't tell you anything that you, you can pray, you can worship, you can just tell somebody, hey man, I love the Lord. Won't you come to church with me? I think it's a pretty good place. And love somebody that you can't stand. Just say, God, give me grace to help you. You ain't got to go out and eat with them, but good Lord, you got to love them and encourage them. Encourage one another. Amen. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm going to let you go, I promise. We hope you enjoyed this sermon from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate by texting any amount to 84321 or visiting our website, highestpraisechurch.com.
If you want to connect with our local church and stay up to date with events, you can fill out a digital connect card, which is also on our website. We'll see you soon.